Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And hi, I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? How can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we introduce you to guests who were influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. With a capital A-R-T. Yes, Mary. Hello, my friend. <laughs> Hi, Joshua. How are you? I'm very excited about today's show and the I next few weeks. too. Yeah, we've done this the last couple of years. We've been able to highlight multiple uh, shows that are happening at the Orlando Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so great because each show is so different. But then there's always this theme of a story that they want to tell, right? We saw that last week. Yes, and a reason why they want to tell it, which makes it it compelling. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to just dive right in because we want to give our guests as much time as possible. So, listeners, thank you for joining us on a Sunday evening. And I know you're going to just love getting to hear about three more friend shows this week. So, from BJ and CJ Productions, (laughs) today we have Rebecca Fisher and her show, uh, Fish Tales and Swan Songs. Re- welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Josh. Hi, Mary. Hi, Good Rebecca. to be here. We're happy to have you. So tell us a little bit about this show. What are, what are we going to experience? Well, uh, something like you've never experienced before. Oh. It is a genre-defying show. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Frank McLean, who used to work at Disney, mm-hmm. came up with the title, Fish Tales and Swan Songs, 15 years ago. And we thought, well, what does that mean? So we figured it out, and we wrote a show about it. Nice. So oh, this nice. show's been around for a while. Yeah, it was originally produced in the 2004 Fringe in the Green Venue, uh, the first year that the Fringe Festival was in Lock Haven Park. Wow. And now we're bringing it back and developing it a little bit more and doing it at the venue on Virginia. Oh, that's... Which is oh, the black yes, venue. Yes, perfect yeah. venue. Yes. Very cool. So tell us about it. <clears throat> what can we expect? Uh, Fish Tales and Swan Songs is a multimedia... Uh, vignette-based show. It's little short scenes and songs. There's uh, media projections, and it explores uh, who are we? Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? And and themes like that. And all the fishtails that we tell, whether it's um, fables, family stories, our life story, religion, cultural things, um, those are all fishtails. And then how we all Someday we'll sing a swan song that we're all uh, mortals. Oh, interesting. As a child growing up, fishtails were always fibs yes. in, in my in culture. Yeah, whopping. We would call yeah. them whopping fishtails. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they were always like not realistic, right? Yes, or, yeah. yes. And is that how they take your taking? Um, s- yes, yes and no. We kind of riff on it a little bit more. Uh-huh. That most of the show is um, not very serious and hopefully we will induce a lot of laughter. Uh, that's our hope anyway. But it also touches on some more poignant themes uh, that we all have in our human experience. Mm. Well, when I think of fish tales and swan songs, there's stories. So this sounds very story oriented, but we utilize yes. stories to teach us lessons. And is that so what, totally. what we can expect? So we are telling stories in many different ways. We tell them with poetry. We tell uh, one of our stories is a grim fairy tale that we act out. Uh, We do them with song. Uh, We'll do direct address monologue. We do scene work um, stories. And then there's a 
a lot of different genres of music, and most of them as American-born, the mm-hmm. jazz, blues, uh, bluegrass, but there's also a piece of opera where we do an interpretive dance oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. Nice. Uh, on Carmina Burana. So when you say uh, O Fortuna, is that what you use? Is that the song that you use? Yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So when you say something like you've never experienced, that sounds kind of true. Yeah, right? yeah. This is Very French. Very, <laughs> it's very French. Was it French tastic? Is that what was French tastic? I like that. That's our hope. Yeah, uh, I love it. What do you hope the audience leaves with their take as the takeaway? Uh, we want them to leave feeling glad to be alive mm-hmm. and that they can choose to live now joyfully. So, will Will we cry as well as laugh? You might. <laughs> I, I we're not trying to go there. Okay. You know, we're not trying to make the audience cry, but. When we did it last time, I remember some teary eyes coming up after uh-huh. me, or coming up to me afterwards. Okay. Well, and in, in this show, even in the description, you're talking about these kind of life-changing questions that you're asking. As you and your team were creating this this show, d- did you have any questions answered for yourself? Like, was there any like defining moments in your own life as you were doing this show or creating the show? Yeah, just that I need to make art. Mm, you were born to do art. To be happy, like the rest of our team, which is uh, Joe Swanberg, my husband. Uh-huh. He's the other actor in the show. And uh, Chad Lewis, a longtime friend of ours, is our director okay. and co-collaborator. And we've done a lot of the writing together, uh, the three of us, uh, as well as some public domain sourced material. Even friends of ours put in little little bits uh, Tamisha Harris, who did the Josephine Baker oh, show yes. that's uh-huh. been so popular yeah, in different festivals. She's our choreographer. Oh, oh nice. Uh, Jeff Forte is our uh, music director, and he's creating some of the tracks for uh, some original music that I've written. Oh, I was going to ask you, the is show. there some original music in it as well? Yeah, there's one There's one full song, uh, a shorter song with a reprise and then one sort of interlude mm. that are original and you said you're at the blue venue is that what the it, black venue. the black, black venue, venue and that's at the at venue venue <laughs> which their logo is blue oh yeah, yeah. that's black what i was thinking yeah. about very cool and what date does the show open and we, what are the times and all that fun stuff yeah we open on uh thursday may 16th at 9 p.m and then we have uh friday May 17th at 9 p.m. Saturday, we do 3 p.m. Then Monday on the 20th, 7.30 p.m. Tuesday on the 21st, we have a 10.30 p.m. late night show. Oh, nice. Mm. And then we wrap up uh, with Saturday, May 25th at 6 p.m. And Sunday, we close on May 26th at 3 p.m. Nice. And tickets are $12. Those are some great times. No matter what your schedule is, you can find one of those show times that would work for you. We sure hope so. And don't forget, listeners, you can go to orlandofringe.org and look up any of these shows. You can look up Fishtails and Swan Songs, or even if they put in your name, Rebecca, they can find you. That's what I like about their website. You could put in the name of the show or someone in it. Yeah, you can search multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So tickets are $12, you said, which is extremely affordable, as all the Fringe shows are. And you can get tickets on that uh, orlandofringe.org. So you mentioned that you found that you, in one of those defining moments, you you needed to create art. Mm-hmm. And uh, so why why do you say that? Why do you feel like you you need to do that? Because it's who I am. I'm an artist. Mm. When an did artist you know that? Has to make art. Um, 
I think I started cluing in when I was in elementary school. I always liked to make things. Mm. Um, I used to make uh, Barbie doll clothes out of like paper napkins. Mm. And uh, I liked to play pretend and role play. And when I was 13, 14 years old and still playing Little House in the Prairie, <laughs> was like, okay, what's going on? And did you and, sing and dance around your house too? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. all that. Do shows for my parents, mm-hmm. get the neighborhood I was going to say, did you make the whole neighborhood put on the, the Thanksgiving whole, yeah. play? And the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we all, if we, if we all did that, I'd say, did you do that, Mary? Of course. Yeah, I bet your plays were awesome. Mm-hmm. Were you always the star or the director? No, no, not always. I always like being the ethereal characters. Like I'd be the spirit that came in. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you don't have to carry the show. The Why does that not surprise you? <laughs> so you've always been an improv star. I'm just going to be the so. spirit who who floats in and out whenever I will. <laughs> I love that. Though. It seemed normal at the time. <laughs> it seems normal now, Mary. <laughs> we have another artist, Jason Donnelly, who's also on our team, and he's helping us with uh, a lot of the video and uh, slide projections that we'll be using in the show, as well as formatting a lot of our graphic elements for promotions. Uh And he and Chad are married, and Joe and I are married, and we're the four producers of the show. Okay, and why did you feel, Rebecca, that it was important for you to incorporate all these different elements? You know, you've got dancing and singing and acting and multimedia. Yeah. Why why did you, you know, some people just kind of do like, well, I'm a one-person show and I'm going to sit on a stool and I'm going to, why did you guys think we need to incorporate all this stuff? Uh, We didn't necessarily at the the onset. It just developed. We just kind of had a little seed and we watered it and tended to it and then kind of tried to stay out of the way a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just evolved. Mm-hmm. You're sure getting a bang for your buck though with I mean, yeah. all due respect to have so much coming at you in multimedia, live performance, singing, dancing, acting. Wow. Yeah, We want to give people a good deal. Yeah. And is the show completely <laughs> scripted or are there moments where you have the freedom just between you and, and your hubby? Can you kind of go off script and improvise a little bit or? Mm, not really. Okay. Uh, we'll be, as the audience loads, we'll be right there. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. As ourselves, right? Welcoming them to our show. Oh, okay. And then we go into some sections of activity while the audience is getting settled, and there's, but it's all it's all scripted. So we'll get to meet you guys as as yourselves. Yes. But then you take on a character once the show starts. Several. Several mm, characters. Yes. Oh, because they're vignettes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and each some- one of the vignettes are different. Fish tales and exactly. stories. Exactly. I love that. Sometimes we're animals. Oh. Like a swan. Oh. Fish. A fish. Swan songs. Fish tales. A fisherman. <laughs> Subtle hints. They gave us a few hints in the title there, Mary, what we it's might expect. T-A-L-E-S, not T-A-I-L-E-S. There's a fisherman's okay. wife. Oh. And then there's a couple other human characters. Is there a fisherman? Meet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a fisherman and a fisherman's wife. I love that. So in these vignettes... Well, you probably can't give this away, but maybe what's the best fish tale you've ever heard, Rebecca? Maybe it's not even in your show. What's a good fish tale you heard? Oh, well. Um Genesis. Gen- the book of Genesis? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Do you fair have enough, one? Fair enough. Do you have one? I don't know. I, I think, like the fisherman's tricky. wife as that's a kid. That's interesting. That's tricky. Because there's so much in there, right? Yes. Like in the book of Genesis, but there's, there's some creation. There's some tall there's, tales. There is some tall of tales. Of a fable yeah. in, in, uh, and in the Bible. And depending on who you ask, that could be a swan song, right? Or 
I mean, it depends on your beliefs and your what you think it's saying. Right. Saying. So I don't want to make and a judgment call there on that. There were two that. swans. Um, because people are going <laughs> to... Did you get that? In the oh. Noah's Ark, there were two swans. <laughs> <laughs> we, we touch on that story. We just, do touch on it. We couldn't let that go. That was, that was good. <laughs> but I don't want to make a judgment assessment sure. on all that. Oh, just yeah, lay that out but there. That's, and that's an example of something that you know would, might seem like a fishtail. I, I, when I was a little girl, my favorite story my dad would tell me would be the fisher's wife, and she kept sending him back out to get more and more and more. <gasps> and oh, oh is, is that part of your? That I, that's I, uh, about two two thirds. We do the, we wish, go there, wish, and then yeah, finally, we love it's that like story. I can't please you. Go back to what you had, which was yeah, it's about gratitude and a lot of things. It was about. Uh, it's greed. one of my favorite parts of our show. I'm, I'm, but that's the grim. So that's the could grim tale we do. For you. <laughs> That's so interesting. You're so intuitive, Mary. I love that, though. I love that you knew what might be in their show. I didn't didn't think about it that way, but I just, you you bring that up, it brought up my favorite. But there's a surprise I won't spoiler alert about how we do it. Oh, yeah, of course. We need to come see it to see that. But you said the word gratitude. So in these vignettes, is there maybe like a word you're hoping the audience will take away from each one of these or a feeling? Joy. Joy. Mm. Mm, I love that. Because you said you want people to love life, experience life, be happy, and ultimately you want them to feel joy about what's next, right? Like that's the one of the bigger question is, what's next for my life? Yeah. If anyone has questions, can they contact you? Uh, well, of course, you can contact <laughs> me at Miss Becky Fisher on Instagram. Perfect. You never know if some parent might have a question about their kids. Can they tolerate this or whatever? So good. Well, yeah, Rebecca it, can it is stand mature- outside when the show is over and you mm-hmm. can tell everybody what's next for their life if they have questions. <laughs> there you go. I shall tell you. Well, Rebecca, this is going to be mm-hmm. such a fun show. So listeners, go and check out Fishtails and Swan Songs happening at the French Festival at the Black Venue, mm-hmm. which is actually the venue on Virginia Avenue. Yes. It's Blue mm-hmm. Stars. I like that. Uh, wonderful venue yes. there. We and so uh, and tickets they can get at orlandofringe.org ah. so best of luck and break a leg rebecca thanks Thank for coming you so and much. sharing thanks story for having with me. us mm-hmm. absolutely mary we're going to be right back and meet another artist another and another friend show here on magic 107.7 fm from the heart Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery, and we're continuing with our show today all about this year's 2019 Orlando Fringe Festival. This is one of our favorite times of the year where we get to highlight for a few weeks some of the fringe shows that are coming up. Up next, we have representing Viper's Brood, Alex Yakuzzo. And Alex, welcome to From the Heart. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell us a little something about Viper's Brood. What can we expect? Um, expect the unexpected. That's what uh, I'd like to say. Um, uh, f- for me, uh, this show has been an experiment in uh, subverting tropes, subverting ex- expectations. Um, uh, it's a show that deals with existential topics uh, through acapella music, through folktale, through mythology. Um, it's not uh, a simple sit down and, and, and sing a little tune sort of musical. 
Um, it, it's something that I think everyone is going to have a unique uh, takeaway from, and everyone's going to read through their own eyes. Nice. It's an hour and 15 minutes. And yeah. does it, you have something written about it following the fool in the tarot deck. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, in the tarot deck, uh, the four suits all take a journey through the fool, the very first card, right? Absolutely. Tell us about that. Well, my uh, show is structured into 11 scenes. Um, the bulk of my plot takes place on that uh, that journey you were talking about from the ace to the 10. Mm -hmm. um, so in tarot, uh, the fool represents the individual, uh, anyone going through a journey, through an adventure, anyone at the start. He represents naivety and, and journey and, and potential. And hope. All of that. Mm -hmm. a, a very beautiful card. Um, and uh, the story of tarot, the story of the tarot deck is the fool's journey through life, through experience. Um, so my story uh, is told in 11 scenes in three acts. Um, and each scene corresponds to a card. So we start with the Ace of Wands and go into the Two of Wands and then the Three of Swords. Um, and each scene embodies the energy of uh, the tarot card. So uh, really my, my initial concept was I wanted to bring tarot to a, a different audience that, mm -hmm. that might have never seen it in this light before. And is there a message at the end? And is there a certain card at the end that you gift everyone with as it ends? Um, well... It's not about the end. It's about uh, the journey and the storytelling of mm. all of it. Um, uh, the, the, if anything, the message of the story is to be in control of your own fate and to not let, um, not give up because you, you, you think the stars have it faded a, a certain way. That, mm. that, that might be mm. the, the number one takeaway. But um, other than that, it's, it's not about what happens in the end it's what happens that's during. a beautiful way of looking at yeah, it it's it sure about is. taking charge of your own destiny mm -hmm. that right. at any time you can turn it around yeah. what prompted you to come up with this as an idea for a show well um i've had a very complicated uh, history with spirituality and religion and, and all that sorts um i went to catholic school uh, up until eighth grade i went to annunciation catholic academy which is right around the corner from here mm -hmm. Um, and it was beautiful school, wonderful education, but also in seventh grade, I came out as gay. And so uh, it, from an early age, I, I was already reconciling what I knew about myself and what I knew about what I believed and then also what other people were telling me to believe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so uh, I, I knew that I had a deep connection to something spiritual because I knew that when I prayed and when, when, I, when I went to church, I felt something. Um, and it, it was through that experience, through, through having to uh, reconcile my identity as a gay man uh, uh, and still a spiritual person that I really began exploring. I, 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 uh, freshman year, I, I started going to a public school and I uh, realized how limited my worldview had been for a very, very long time. Um, I took my, my freshman year, I took a AP Human Geography where uh, there's a unit that's all on religions, learning about Hinduism and Taoism and, and things that I knew about, I had heard about and I was interested in, but I never had the formal opportunity to study. Um, and I thought it was so important to, to the, just, we're all out here trying to find meaning. We're all out here trying to be a good person. And the more you study religion, you mo the more you realize like it's all the same. We're all telling the same stories. We're all getting the same messages. Uh, just with different characters. So um, I write, wrote a story that is my my mythology. How how um, I, I think very specifically, uh, 
I think it's overlooked that religion is a form of art itself. Religion creates art like Baroque music and, and, and cathedrals and all of that, but religion itself is an art. It's a storytelling platform. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm doing religion as art. Wow. This comes from such a personal place for you. And it's interesting because we, we heard this theme last week um, with one of the shows. We had a, a young lady who I was watched a, that episode. Did you watch it? Okay. So did you see some similarities in the story of, and she actually she used the same right words, sitting. trying mm-hmm. to reconcile her sexuality with her, with her, you know, religious experiences. Yeah. But the, the tarot card, cause I don't know much about the tarot cards. Does that mean you're, are you a card reader or like, okay. So tell our listeners what that means. Um, Yeah. So I, I, it started, uh, some people do it uh, just as meditation. Some people do it like strictly an occult ritual. There is, it's a personal experience, what you choose to do with a tarot deck. Um, For me, it started off as um, it was always something I was interested in. I wanted to learn more about it, about my first deck. And I started learning, buying books, reading up. Um, And the more, the more I learned about it, the more I connected that same spirituality I used to connect to the Catholic Church. I started connecting connecting into the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from there, I don't claim to be a psychic. I don't claim to be a medium. Like that's when I do readings, that's not what I'm doing. Um, I just have a belief that there is uh, there's a perfection in the randomness of the universe and in the entropy of the universe, and everything has meaning. So there's so many ways 78 cards can be shuffled. There's a reason that when you draw five, those are the five that you see. The universe is telling you something when those mm-hmm. five come up. Carl so Jung called it synchronicity. Carl Jung was really into tarot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know a little bit about this too, mm-hmm. don't you? So there's 78 cards in the deck, mm-hmm. and then someone, not you, that you're, you're holding as the card reader of the deck, mm-hmm. and they choose the five cards, mm-hmm. and from those five cards, you're able to speak into them what those cards mean and what they're what the universe is trying to say to them she, she brought up Carl Jung and Carl Jung uh, is very famous for his study of archetypes um, I also play with that a lot in my show um, but uh, specifically it, it, it every card holds an energy um, some energies are like personal energy like uh, the, the the Queen of Wands is a character in my show the Queen of Wands stands for fire and passion and femininity and like She's the queen of witches. Like there's a lot of energy that's associated with her. So if I were to draw her, uh, if I were doing a past, present, future reading and I draw her in the future, I might say, oh, there, there's a woman who's going to be coming into your life who's fiery and, and, and passionate. Um, that's one possible thing I could say. Mm-hmm. But it all has to do with, there's a reason why th- these cards were chosen from the deck and there's a reason why I was chosen to read them. Mm. So I, as the reader, have to look at them and see what are these telling me it's your job to interpret them yeah so how did you choose 11 scenes or you use that they each represent a different card how did you choose 11 out of 78 well the uh tarot deck is neatly divided into three acts um every uh suit is uh, a one through ten um so uh the the suits are wands swords cups and pentacles and each stand for a different element a different uh masculine feminine energy but uh, essentially, there's an ace of wands, a two of wands, a three of wands, all the way up the line. And uh, every three cards is uh, a new act. So one, two, three is the first act of a journey. Four, five, six is the second act of a journey. Seven, eight, nine is the last act of a journey. And 10 is like an epilogue. Mm. Um, oh. it, it's, it's the final fulfillment of the, the energy of that suit. So my, uh, my story is mostly the story of wands. However, 
here and there another card gets thrown in and, and, and mixes things up. Uh, if it were a perfect journey of the Fool through the Wands, uh, there'd be happy ending. But um, we, we end with the Ten of Swords, which if you know anything of uh, tarot is not the most brilliant uh, of uh, omens. Oh, it's not a good thing. So if you draw the Ten of Swords, that's not that's a good... guy laying there with ten swords in his back, but other than that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and what does that casual. mean? Does that mean death? Is that... or It's the, it's the fulfillment of uh, your, your own demons, like succumbing to avoidable issues. Oh. Um, the, the the whole idea of the swords, it's all mentality. It has to do with being trapped in your own mind um, and how quickly you think. Um, and all of the issues of the swords have to do with you being your own worst enemy up here. Um, and strategy, right? Strategy, no, no, knowing how to, to think through problems. Um, the the flaw of my fool is that um, he he never gets out of here. He, he, he stays trapped in here the whole time and ends with the two, Ten of Swords. Wow. What do you want your audience to leave with their takeaway? I want them to have a different view of art and spirituality. Um, I think what I'm doing is something very unique. Uh, it, it's not something, it's not an experience you'll get elsewhere. Um, and I, I really think at, at its heart, it's, it's something that's being different, trying to be different for different sake. Like, trying to get you to look at things differently, look at the world differently. Uh, it's about analyzing metaphor in your own life, um, trying to understand what the universe is telling you. How, how, how is, who, who are you? What is your place on earth? Are you the fool? Are you going to just to succumb to, to the same things he does? I'm so fascinated by this. Because <laughs> I, I don't know much, so I'm so fascinated. Yeah, is there moments where you get a symbol from something that you keep seeing yeah. something or something and you go, that's, that's what when you say that about I think everyone does, but sometimes we don't pay attention. Right. So there is attention. there is Catholicism or just you know Protestant or mm -hmm. or Christianity in general, Hinduism, all these things. D does tarot have a name? Is it a is it an actual religion? It's a tool uh, that is used by many religions. Um, I specifically, um, I'm coming from a pagan standpoint, so that has to do with, and pagan is also a very broad term that can mean a lot of things. Um, is pagan mean agnostic? Pagan was the word the Catholics used to describe anyone who is not Catholic. Um, oh, and okay. now it's kind of used as like synonymous with witchcraft, which is pentacles, cauldrons, uh, earth, wind, fire, god and goddess. Okay. Uh, all, Maybe all metaphysical word. might be the word that some people use, which is yeah. not religious or spiritual. It's just something that from another realm to, to play with. I don't think it's evil, but a lot of times you bring insight because you're asked to think about something not just in your head, but from your heart and your gut balanced. Uh, I love that. It, it's it's all reflection. It's all about what's happening inside, not what a religion is telling you the outside. Oh, so it's yeah. more about what's internal. Okay, we're going to run out of time. We only have two minutes. Okay, let's no. talk about the show more. Please. So you're going to, you said acapella music. Absolutely. So is this original pieces? Yes. Um, well, it's 11 scenes. I said it's 11 original songs. Um, I was a part of uh, a vocal choir, a, a jazz uh, choir ensemble in um, high school for two years. I uh, I play many instruments. I've uh, studied music theory very extensively. I'm very interested in music theory, um, and I'm very inspired by uh, n new new age composers like Sondheim and 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 Dave Malloy who are doing different things with music. Um, 
I, I'm uh, that that's where I'm going for. I'm trying to go places that uh, we haven't seen on a Broadway stage and in a theater stage, and that it's acapella folk music. Like I don't think I've ever heard an acapella folk. Yeah, musical I don't think before. I've heard acapella folk musical either. So when does the show open? Uh, we open on May 16th. Uh, we have four, five performances, like I said. So that is uh, Thursday, May 16th at 5:45. Uh, Sunday, May 19th at 10. Uh, Tuesday, May 21st at 9.30. And then we have a Wednesday, Saturday show, 22nd and 25th that are both at 10.45. You can buy tickets on orlandofringe.org. They are $10 and go on sale April 15th. Yes, Fantastic. and, and nice also, hug. will we be seeing other things from Misfit Arts? That's the name of your company, or is this oh, yeah. just a Fringe show, or are there going to be more things? I'm taking Viper's Brood as far as it will take me. Um, and more than that, uh, I plan on bringing something original next year. A, a, a modern ballet uh, is what I'll give you. Um, so uh, be excited for that. Well, awesome. We'll see you at Viper's Brood. I'd like to go. Yeah, I wanna, this is definitely mm -hmm. one I want to check out. I want to learn more about it for sure. So Alex, congratulations on such a creative show and Thank best you. of luck and break a leg. Thank you very much. Listeners, go and check out Viper's Brood at the Orlando Fringe Festival, opening on Thursday, May 16th at 545 with four other performances in the green venue. So best of luck, Alex. And we'll be join, join us back here on From the Heart, Magic 107.7 FM. We'll be talking to Brandon Roberts about his show. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Happy Sunday. Hope you're having a great evening and enjoying listening to these amazing friend shows that are going to be happening in just a few weeks. And we've already talked to two uh, really personal yeah. uh, stories from, from two great artists who wrote their own shows and their own music and all these wonderful things. A big thank you to Michael Marinaccio because he yeah. had a big hand in giving us an assortment of fringe uh, type of experiences that listeners will have. And he gives us a plethora, right? He really does. Yeah. And I, I mean, the first you, year we did this, we kind of just handpicked everybody that we knew in town. Uh -huh. And the last two years, Michael's really helped us um, get a, a really broad yes. group of people, international, yes. national, and, and then here local. So we have a we have a local artist here, a genius Ooh. of an artist, Brandon Roberts, <laughs> who's with us today. So Brandon, welcome to the show. Yeah, and so we're excited to hear about your about your friend show that you created, Mustache Running Club. Yes. Is the name of your produ production company? Yeah, well, technically, yes. Uh, I'm actually, I have an out-of-state producer. Okay. Yeah, uh, she and she's based in Arkansas, and I'll, I'll expand on why that's the case in a moment. But uh, her, uh, her group of running friends call themselves the Mustache Running Club, so when we needed a producer name... I said, do you mind if I just use that? Ah. Like, sure, why not? <laughs> That's fun. So tell us the name of the show and a little bit about it. Absolutely. Uh, the show is called My Left Breast, which is the radio-friendly version of the title. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, <laughs> and the subtitle is A Sorted True Tale About the Magical Bond Between a Dog and Her Person. Mm. Uh, and the show itself is one that I've been working on creating for quite some time. Uh, my friend Gwen Edwards, who uh, co-wrote technically the script with me, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 30. Wow. And she fought the good fight for about five years. 
And uh, during her fight, she started a blog, and it was the title of the blog was in fact my left radio friendly breast. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, so we, my, my title actually has, and, and her title for that matter has a different word, mm-hmm. but uh, just to keep it a little PG, a little yeah, more PG for the go. radio. Um, but uh, while Gwen was uh, fighting her fight, she kept asking me to write a script together, kind of in the style of Pixar or something mm. whimsical and magical and, and inspiring for folks. And we tossed ideas back and forth for, for a long time, but just never got anything on paper. So after she ultimately lost her battle, it was very important to me to try to honor that promise. So I went to her blog and pulled excerpts from the blog and like edited it down uh, into a, a 60 minute show. And I've written passages from the point of view of her dog, which was also a, a real dog that she had, mm. you know, during her battle. So her dog Omi uh, is is trying to catch fireworks during the show, which is something that I've stolen a little bit from my own dogs when fireworks are going off. They <laughs> they don't like them, of course, like most dogs don't. But if we let them out into the backyard, somehow our neighbors get r- really big fireworks close to the house. I don't know how they do this, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Orlando, I guess. Yeah. But m- one of our dogs will chase after the fireworks as though he looked looks like he's trying to catch them. Uh, mm. So I tried, I use that as inspiration as well. Uh, so Omi's quest is to try to catch fireworks, which is a, an impossible task, of course. Uh, and it, and his, her journey uh, parallels Gwen's in that sense. You know, wow. it's kind of the metaphor for her fight as well. So I'm this so is sorry for the loss of your friend. Thank you. Tru- thank truly. You. And, and this is going to be uh, an emotionally intense show, I'm sure, it is. across the spectrum, right? There's going to be moments of, like you said, whimsical and, and happiness and joy. But I think there's going to be times of maybe desperation and, yeah. and yeah. sadness. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I've lost friends to breast cancer too. And it's a it's a scary thing. We have several great artists in our town right now that mm-hmm. are fighting this. And it, it is, it is yeah. a very sad uh, journey. It really, really yeah. is. And yeah. so, and then I also love dogs and they make me cry. I don't know. <laughs> I just love dogs. So this is going to yeah. be really fantastic. Is, is it Omi or Omi? Omi was the, Omi. is the dog's name. Is yeah. Omi still with us? Omi is, is no longer with us either. A lot of spoilers, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, she, uh, Omi passed away as well. So I'm honoring the memory of both of these Two and they they're actually both female. So when uh, Gwen's obviously a female and Omi was a female as well. So I'm okay, playing two women, but I'm not wearing any dresses or anything. Okay. <laughs> so did Gwen know that you were gonna turn this into a show? And- she did not. Uh, and- she did not know that. And I have actually been working with Gwen's family as well. So I have mm. her family's blessing for this uh, as well. And I uh, something that I I would like. To, everyone who comes to see the show know that all the earnings from the show are actually going to be donated to the new new community project, mm. which is a not-for-profit that Gwen's family selected on behalf of Gwen, uh, because I didn't, I, I'm not looking to make money off of this. This sure. is just to honor my friend. What you do know. you want the big tech away to be from the audiences that leave the show? Well, my hope is that it's a peek inside of who Gwen was. She was an absolutely joyous and joyful person. She was the truest of true friends. Uh, and, and, and she learned a lot about herself, obviously during her fight and was, was an inspiration to everyone who knew her as we watched her go through this as well. Uh, so what did you learn about her as she went through her fight? Strength, strength and, and bravery, bravery to, 
learn where your own personal shortcomings are, but still continue to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, as the realities of cancer set in, you're suddenly confronted with, mm-hmm. you're going to leave all these people with giant holes in their own hearts. Mm-hmm. And how do you come to terms with that? You know, when you have such a huge love for these people, you know, how do you continue? It's, it's in the script. How do you continue living bravely? Yeah. You know, unafraid to feel all the feelings. <laughs> That's a great point. You know what? And I've, there's been times where I've lost people who are close to me or just people have come and gone out of my life that I cared about deeply. And when you first lose them, you can't stop thinking about them. Yeah. And then slowly there comes that day where you don't think about them at all. Mm-hmm. It just happens to go by. And then some song or some smell or some color will just trigger. Yeah. And it'll all come rushing back. And yeah. I wonder, is that happening for you as you're reliving? I mean, maybe there were moments where Gwen was just be- had become a little bit of a memory. Oh, sure. And then all of a sudden, now this yeah. is all going back. Is that tough for you? It's it, it it can be for sure, especially you know going back and trying to you know pound her words into my brain so that I can then say them out loud. Uh, but also, I've gone back. You know, her Facebook page is still active. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. So. I went back and looked at, you You can click on the thing to look at just your relationship with them. So you mm-hmm. see all the postings that you mm-hmm. shared together. Oh, yeah. And one of the more recent before she passed away was, you know, writing a play together needs to be put on your list. Mm-hmm. It's on my bucket list and I have cancer, so you have to do it. Wow. <laughs> wow. And how long ago did she pass away? She passed away uh, late 2016. Okay. Uh, so, the, so pretty recent. Yeah, I mean, pretty recently. Is... Yeah. The last time I saw her was at my wedding, actually. She came, she made it to Orlando to, to make it to my wedding. Uh, so that was the last time I saw her, but what do you uh, think she'd say to you about how it came out? I, based on what her sister, I sent the script to her sister and her sister wrote back and said, Gwen would love this. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I just hope that that's true. And mm-hmm. I, and I do, I, and I've, you know, I don't want people to, to think that it's just a downtrodden, you know, romp through, through the experience of cancer. Gwen had such a great sense of humor about mm-hmm, herself mm-hmm. and, I've tried to honor that in the script as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife keeps telling me the title can be misleading because if they see your face on the poster and the, given the title, they're going to come thinking it's either really raunchy or or a big wacky comedy. And it's not exactly that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think the subtitle helps a lot yes. because yeah. I, I knew right away and I mentioned to Mary, I said, I bet this is about breast cancer yeah. and about a journey. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it made sense to me for Good. sure. Good. Uh, yeah. Now your face wasn't on it. So right. But no, it, it really, it really did make sense. And you said that part of, you know, part of this show, you're writing from your own memories of her and sure. your own conversations. But you said part of this, you're going back and reading a blog. Yes. And so are you, finding out things about Gwen that you didn't know or Well, I I was following the blog from the from when she started it. Um but uh going obviously going back and having to edit it down because it was, you know, months and months and months worth of a blog and I only have a 60-minute show to do. <laughs> uh the things that stood out to me because obviously I don't know the true experience of going through it. Um but the excerpts that stood out to me were her relationships with her friends and what she learned about the loyalty of friendship. Mm. Uh, and e- and even more so the ones about Omi, the dog, you know, because mm. you can't get more loyal than your, than mm-hmm. your own dog. Mm-hmm. And, and she would share the entire history of how Omi got adopted, you know, their journey together through their trials and tribulations, even before cancer started. 
um, and just how Omi wouldn't leave her side. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a section about um, they say dogs can smell it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Gwen leading up to diagnosis, she would wake up in the middle of the night and find Omi just watching her. Mm. You know, so is Omi still with us? No, no, no. no Did no. you say that already? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, she she passed. Yeah, but you know, there's so many things that an audience can get out of this is of course her passion and mm-hmm. and being an inspiration and all that but one of the things that i've noticed about people that deal with cancer is their resilience sure i can't imagine yeah I, I, you know there's there's so many times people that i know that that were going through things and they were so they were feeling so sick or so tired and they yeah. would just keep going absolutely and yeah. boy what a what a challenge yeah. to your audience um to be resilient, right? <laughs> absolutely. Like if, absolutely. If Gwen yeah. can do it, yeah. then she can go on and fight. So yeah. can you with whatever yeah. battles that you're going through, right? I don't know many people who haven't had a family member, even if it's been an aunt or a cousin oh, sure. who yeah. has yeah. not had cancer. And maybe it's the age that I am now, but um, it's just a part of life, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I think, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm more, that's becoming even more of a reality for me. More and more people around me. Sure. Are, are having cancer and the thing about cancer that's so and maybe this is a part of your story is it's so quick right like yeah. you're healthy one day and everything yeah. is great and then there's that doctor's visit because something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. or there there's one little thing that that they found and then all of a sudden yeah your whole life changes yeah. and yeah. your life becomes about the cancer absolutely is that part of the challenge too is that if there are people who are who may be dealing with cancer or people or loved ones that life doesn't become about cancer, but that it becomes about the journey or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in, in Gwen's blog and, and I've included a lot of this in, in the script, uh, coming to uh, letting, letting go of, of old dreams and, and facing what the new life is, is a mm-hmm. huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, actually the, the woman that I have directing the piece, cause I, I'm obviously male and I wanted my director to be a, a woman who, you know, one could bring a woman's perspective, but two, her sister also went through cancer. And mm. what is her name, the director? Well. Noelle Holland. Mm. Okay. Uh, so she's helping me out and she's actually having seen her sister go through it. She's brought a lot to the table as far as like, yes, this section is about the medicine that, that Gwen was denied towards the end, but it's not, it doesn't have to be, she, anger can exist. You know, because you try and try and try and things get taken away from you, thanks to our healthcare system, whatever, whatever right, it is. Right. Um, so so it's not just about the the dreamy memory of things. It's in the moment, anger can exist. You know, mm-hmm. you can be mad at it. It's all the seven stages of grief. And mm-hmm. you are, you're kind of grieving the life that you thought you were going to have and accepting what it is now. Yeah. Well, Brandon, thank you for creating such a beautiful show in honor of your friend Gwen. I didn't know her, you didn't know her, but I feel like I know <laughs> yeah. her a little bit just in yeah. this little conversation. To have someone like yourself love her so much that you would write a tale to in tribute to her says a lot about her. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Absolutely. And it yeah. also says a lot about you, mm-hmm. you know, wow. and, and thank you for donating the proceeds to yes. something that was special for her. Absolutely, so yeah. we only have a minute left. Tell us about when the show opens and what venue it's in and how we can yes. get tickets. Happy to do it. Uh, tickets will be on sale as of next Monday, the 15th. That's when the Fringe preview is. I'll have seven shows uh, over the course of Fringe and I'm in the yellow venue, which is in the Orlando Shakespeare Theater. Uh, so the first one is Thursday, May 16th at 5.30, which is a hard time. So Fringe is offering this year, uh, we can do like a half price oh, nice. night. So that okay. first Thursday, May 16th at 5.30 will only be $6. 
for anyone who can make it. If you can fight, fight the uh, Orlando traffic yeah, during the five o'clock hour from work that day <laughs> yeah. and get there by five thirty. Yeah. And I would be, I would be remiss to not mention that I'm also in my wife's show. She's producing a, a circus style show based on the Night Circus, and it's called the Night Circus. Oh, cool! So I'm in that one as well, and that's in the Orange Venue. Are you a circus act? Uh, I do not do any circus acts. I'm I'm one of the magicians who kind of conjures the circus acts in, cool. in the show. But uh, myself right. and Tamisha Harris is in that. So. Oh, nice! Yeah. And one more time, a... the title of that one is the Night Circus. The Night Circus. Yeah, so. it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for Brandon. It Roberts. is. <laughs> it is. It's going to be a, a jam-packed full fringe. <laughs> but I love the fringe. It's when we all come together and time. celebrate yeah, the probably. arts. And creativity, and more importantly, stories. Yes. Thank so, you, Brandon. Brandon, thank, thank you. you for joining us. And thank listeners, you so check out OrlandoFringe.org and get information on the shows that we heard about today, mm. as well as all the beautiful shows yes. that are happening. And Mary, I'm so glad that we get to celebrate. Oh, Joshua, creativity. let's go see some shows together. Let's do it. Seriously, right. it's and a thank date. you, Michael Marnaccio, for these wonderful guests. Yes, and join us back next week. We have more friend shows to share with you on From the Heart Magic 107.7 FM.